Healthcare ID Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing consumerism. Is it the elephant in the room? Be sure to show to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and on our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 13 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. You ready to talk about the elephant? What elephant, John? Not the political elephant. I, I should have brought my kid's <laughs> elephant. I, I could have, uh, <laughs> for those watching the video of it, you can do the kid's elephant. But that, that yeah. would be fun. Although in Canada, we don't have quite we don't have quite the same symbolism with an elephant. <laughs> yeah, but that, you know, in the U.S., you can't say elephant anymore. I think it's banned. <laughs> the cancel culture. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Yeah. So today we're going to talk about consumerism, uh, which is kind of interesting because, you know, first of all, I think there's a debate as to whether we actually are consumers in healthcare. Like, are we a consumer of healthcare or are we patients? And that's, that's always a dirty a word. It's, Consumerism, the dirty word. <laughs> I think a lot of people would agree with you. I mean, I personally, I think there is a difference. I mean, um, just speaking for myself, I consider myself to be a consumer of health because my health care is, you know, I go to see the doctor only when I'm it's not feeling well. It's very, very, you know, uh, sporadic. I, I don't have, I'm not on regular medications. I don't have a chronic condition, knock on wood. So I'm, I don't consider myself a full on patient the way that a lot of other people would, where they're constantly in, interacting and being engaged and involved with the healthcare system. So I think there's a distinction between patient and consumer. And I've always looked at what we're, when we say consumerism, I look at it as, you know, for those people like me, you know, uh, you know, the, the ones that don't have all these chronic conditions and have to engage with healthcare so much. Uh, to me, that's a consumer of health and and not a patient. I, I think I, I love the classification because I feel more like a consumer, too, because I choose to do the healthcare when I want to because I don't have a chronic condition. But I think the other way to look at this is. We don't want to be consumers of healthcare when a consumer is a Comcast customer, but we do want to be a consumer when we're a Nordstrom customer, right? So, you know, Comcast is, Comcast is famous for bad service, whereas Nordstrom is famous for good service. So, if 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 we say, oh, you know, I'm a consumer, and the way Comcast and you know many other companies have treated consumers as really poorly, uh, you know, yeah, we don't want to be considered consumers, and many healthcare organizations are treating consumerization in that way, that you're a commodity that can be discarded because there's so much demand for our services. If that's the case, when you have, or you have a monopoly, which is, you know, the case for some of these organizations, healthcare and non-healthcare, when you have a monopoly and you, you don't, and you essentially have a commodity service that everyone's providing at the lowest cost, well, you are treated like a poor consumer, whereas other people who offer amazing experiences like the Nordstrom's of the world, they provide an incredible experience. And in that case, I want to be a consumer. So I think that's where patients maybe have some challenge, right? Is what, what do you really mean by consumer? It could be an awful connotation or it could be a really great one. 
Yeah, and I, I, I like where you're going with that, John. I think there is a distinction between, you know, people who ch can choose to interact with healthcare, and that is a classic consumer definition, and then those that are forced to because of, you know, a, a variety of conditions or reasons. And But both, I think, do want to have elements of what's available to us as regular consumers of retailers of of hospitality industry i think there's certainly some things that healthcare can do to bring some of those elements in but i would stop short of sort of the the bad parts of consumerism right you know everyone being treated as a number everyone being treated the same way because that is something we know that is not the same in healthcare that is where healthcare truly is different yeah, and you bring up a good point. I mean, I guess that's the difference between us and, and many of the chronic patients we talk to is that we don't need the healthcare. We could wait a month. We could wait two months. We could wait as long as we want. We could travel. We can do all sorts of different options because we don't have any pending chronic things that are literally going to kill us, which is kind of sad to say, but is the reality for many people. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have a chronic condition, and you're living and you're not able to work. And so then you're on Medicaid and then you have a low income and, you know, you, and you can only choose so many providers because of Medicaid or other insurance restrictions, then you really don't have any choice. So whether they have a monopoly or not, they have a monopoly on that individual patient because the patient doesn't have any choice. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I would summarize by saying, I think it's fair to say that you know, there's a distinction between patient and consumer in the sort of clinical definition and sort of the general definition. But, you know, there are definitely elements of the consumer world that we would love to see in healthcare. I mean, some of those things are like being able to look and see what appointments are available, right? Being able to book things online, being able to talk to someone when I want to. And, and that sort of leads to, to a question I wanted to ask you, John, around, you know, do you think healthcare is making the necessary investments in those types of technologies to, to bring these elements over into healthcare? I think it's a it's a great point because it's one thing to call them a consumer and it's another thing to provide some consumer like services. And I think the reality is we're seeing some of both across all of healthcare. I mean, obviously, it's a huge system. So, of course, we're seeing a little bit of everything. But I think what's interesting is I think we are at a bit of a turning point where many healthcare organizations are finally saying, hey, we need to offer some of these consumer-like experiences mm -hmm. to the patients. And if we don't, we're going to be left behind. So I think that that momentum is building towards that. Whereas, you know, even three or four years ago, okay, it was possible to do those things, but I don't think anyone was making decisions based upon that criteria. Whereas I think now more and more people are doing that. You know, I saw a tweet uh, just this week from someone who said, if I can't schedule an appointment online, I keep looking because they're like, I do not want to call and try to schedule an appointment. And that's a powerful influence for a lot of people when they're choosing which provider they want to go to. Yeah, and I think I think going back to a little bit of what we just talked about, John, I think for those that can choose healthcare, like you know, who who have the ability to either because of their insurance covers it or because uh, the nature of their condition is such that they you know can wait or they have some options, there I think you you do sort of enter in the mode of well, I'd like to be treated a little bit like a way I'm treated with hotels.com or some of these other sites where I get to choose and see different options. I can see ratings on people. I can look at their profiles and, you know, and I, so I think healthcare does have to compete in that world now because that expectation is there. 
And I think only, I mean, we, we certainly hear a lot of companies or organizations, sorry, uh, talking about doing these kinds of things, but I have yet to see a lot of significant movement in this area other than just being able to book online. Um, I don't think yet there's that sort of nice experience, and I, and I say nice in air quotes because I think some people would, would say some hotel sites are not that easy to use, but, <laughs> but that's way better than what we have in some healthcare, uh, uh, with some healthcare uh, organizations right now. Well, and the, you know, if, if you evaluate why should these healthcare organizations make the investment, in many cases, uh, you know, I, I think about this dermatologist that we tried to book, they're booked out two months in advance. Right. Do right. they need to invest in any of it? The answer is probably not because the demand is so high and the obviously the supply of, of dermatologists in Vegas at least is low. And so, you know, because of that, there's not that necessary requirement. It would be interesting. I mean, I think there are, you know, you know what I think, I think is pushing this forward more and more is actually the large organizations. And certainly there's an argument that says that large organizations are slow and they move slowly, but it's also the case that large organizations have some budget that they can invest in this across the entire spectrum of, of providers across multiple states with one system and make that investment across all of them and everyone benefits. So, you know, I, I think that actually is going to push it forward for a lot of people and create a more unified experience across provider organizations. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, John, you know, because what it brings to mind for me is, you know, I think that not enough organizations are committing the dollars to think to invest in consumer related processes and technologies. I don't think there's enough effort yet being put into doing some of the things to make, you know, the cons uh, to make the lives of patients a lot easier in terms of their initial experience, their sort of in in-house experience and then the post experience. But I think there's a there's a growing uh, mind share of people, a uh, mind share of being aware that this is happening. You know, I think we're sort of beyond the fad phase of consumerism, right? It's, it's more mm -hmm. than just sort of putting a nice skin on your website. I think people now, at least, are seriously thinking about, okay, yeah, how can we make this onboarding and finding a doctor experience a lot better? Well, that means I need to first of all get a better inventory of all my docs, and uh, you know, and and when they someone does book an appointment, let's make sure they arrive. Let's make sure we direct them, and let's talk about wayfinding. And so I think there's there's definitely an acknowledgement that consumerism is something worth investing mind time in, but I don't think it's yet translated fully into investing dollars. Um, What's interesting, I would almost take the opposite side in that. I agree they haven't committed the dollars, but I think the reason they haven't committed the dollars is because they haven't spent the mind share or maybe not even that. It's more they've spent the time and effort you know, pushing EHRs down the throats of doctors and they don't want to go to bat again with the doctors and say, hey, by the way, that EHR thing went really well. Now let me push down self-scheduling or let me, you know, create some secure communication with patients. And the doctors are, you know, they're not ready to tackle the bureaucratic, political, uh, you know, challenges of getting the mind share of the providers. Sure, I think most marketing people, yeah, they're ready for it. <laughs> but that requires the political finagling of of having the doctors on board with a lot of those initiatives. And so I think that they've burnt them out so much through the EHR and other types of implementations that they're not ready to go there. And if they're not ready to go there, then it's pointless to spend the money. 
Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Today's episode is actually brought to you by SolutionReach. John, why don't you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, so if you're not familiar with SolutionReach, they offer a full patient relationship management platform that can really improve your patient and consumer's experiences, which uh, fits really well with the consumerism topic today. So if you're an organization that's looking to reduce no-shows, you want to increase patient visits, you really want to streamline your patient payments, including things like text payments, or you want to improve patient satisfaction, check out SolutionReach. SolutionReach can really help you and your organization. So check out their full suite of patient relationship management solutions at SolutionReach.com. Awesome. Great group of people. Uh, so, John, we, we just to continue on what we were just talking about, you know, what you mentioned one barrier or one thing that's holding us back, and that is sort of the, I'll call it EHR burnout or EHR fallout of having that system sort of forced upon them and it's not ideal and it's not optimized and, uh, you know, and that is sort of uh, uh, holding people back from adopting some of these more consumer related technologies like texting and and like online scheduling and and those things what others do you have i mean uh, there's so many i, I obviously I, I think the biggest one is the structural financial problems that uh, most organizations have the perverse incentives as i love to call it where you know they're not paid to improve the experience so but let's let's just set that aside because I mean you and I you know these healthcare organizations they're not going to change that right and so right. you know the question is how can you find a improved experience that works in the fee for service world and will work in the value based world so I think that's one way to look at it and many people aren't looking at it from that perspective and so I think you know a, a lot of it has to go. Uh, back to the fact that they're just trying to survive rather than trying to be strategic. And so it almost takes an entire mind shift for you to say, okay, well, we could continue doing business as usual. And if we do that, where does that leave us? Hmm. Or do I need to change my perspective and adopt some of these consumer technologies in order to be successful in the future? So I think if we do that mind shift, then I think we can achieve some of these improved experiences. But if we don't, if we're like, hey, you know, the status quo is good enough, then I don't think we'll see the improved experiences. Interesting. Interesting. My, my take on this, one of the things I think is holding us back from more widespread adoption, other than the financial side of things, which you talked about, John, is actually the lack of any sort of standard uh, rating system of how to even measure this. Right. You know, uh, automobiles have the JD power. Right. And and, in, you know, we have in, in Amazon, we have the five star ratings. Right. There's no real consistent way that we found yet to really evaluate a good experience in healthcare. Right. We always seem to get confused or not confused. But, you know, is the outcome more important or is the experience more important? Right. Because we keep hearing the stories and probably very valid that, hey, if I get the best outcome possible and I had to put up with a little bit of frustration along the way, I'll take that, you know, um, but but is that valid? Is that a good thing? Is that really what should we should be measured? Is that the measuring stick? So I think one of the problems is that, to your point, what is good enough? Like what is sort of that minimum bar? There's no such thing. I mean, you, you go online and you look at, um, 
uh, hotels and you look at the hosp in hospitality industry and you know I think for the most part people have a good sense of what's a good hotel experience versus what's not I don't think we have that common definition in healthcare and I think that's what's holding some people back either a because you know they're assuming it's too low <laughs> or b because they just don't know and therefore they're kind of like well I don't know if we move this are we really moving the needle if we do this not in terms of the ROI but just in terms of is this really going to make a difference in the patient's lives anyway yeah, it's interesting to think about it from the hotel perspective because we do have a very specific rating, one star, two star, you know, through five star and whatever. I know there's above that, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it's like there is a very specific rating that people have and you know kind of what to expect from a three star versus a one star versus a five star. And so there is that expectation that's different. And in healthcare, we don't know what a one-star doctor experience looks like. And, and, and to be honest, I, I went to the doctor myself and I, I think I had what was, I would consider a five-star experience. The check-in was quick. It was streamlined. They had effective communication strategies, all of these things. But does anyone know that? No. I mean, where do they proclaim that they're a five-star experience? They're, you know, it's interesting that many of the health rating sites haven't gone that far and really said, hey, we want to approach this. Could we put some framework of what an expectation of a five-star experience would be like versus a three-star experience? And it would really be about experience. It wouldn't be about the quality of the care because uh, we've talked before, that's hard to measure. But it would be really interesting. That's interesting that no one's done that. And you're right. We kind of just say, well, it is what it is and it's close to my house, so I'll go there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you know, there is a standard that's used, but it's, I'll call it healthcare internally facing. It's the Prescani mm -hmm. standards. It's the right. HCAP scores and those kinds of things. But no consumer knows the delta between someone who scores high on HCAPs versus someone who's low because we haven't educated the public on what you know, uh, what's needed there. So, or what, what those really mean. Are those so, published publicly too? I mean, yeah, they're, well, they're, they are now yeah. in terms of, uh, but, but you'd have to go looking for it, right? It's on the, it's on the hospital rating, uh, that the government, the, uh, okay. that the government collects, but, sure. but again, there's, it's not, it has no relative meaning for a consumer yet because it, you know, what's the difference between a score of 300 versus 350? Like, no one knows, right? Yeah, as a consumer, right. you would, as a layperson, you wouldn't know. It's uh, kind of like meaningful use. It was either, you know, like you're all in or you're all out. Like, what does that even mean? Like, you know, it assumes you're all perfect if you pass. So it's like, no, there's always a spectrum of experience. Yeah, that's very true. And, and you know, actually, it's, it's funny because, you know, I was recently at a conference where I heard the uh, uh, Tiffany Bova from Salesforce speak. She's like the consumer and uh, experience evangelist uh, at Salesforce. And she put up a very interesting uh, set of statistics from a survey they did where they said, like, their finding was that 84% of consumers say that the experience they have with someone is more important than the actual product that they receive. Now, again, like, does that have an analogy in, in healthcare? Maybe. Uh, for Again, I'm going back to the consumer side that we talked about at the beginning, where if I'm choosing to interact and I have a choice of which lab I want to go to, I have a choice of which family physician I can go and see because I don't see them very often, this may be very valid. You know, do I, am I waiting too long? Do they, have, do, they make, do they ask me the same information seven times? Those would make a huge difference for me. Um, and so, but it's just surprising that 84% of people said the experience is 
as important or more important than the actual product that was being delivered. Hmm. Well, and I, you know, I think about some of the patients I've talked to, even the chronic patients that are going all the time, the experience matters to them maybe even more than us. Like we have, we can, we can do something about it. We can walk, right? <laughs> like, but for them that are stuck with that experience, it matters. And I wonder how much we're impacting health by having these poor patient experiences that adds unneeded stress, that adds trauma, that adds all sorts of bad uh, experiences to a patient that has to visit the doctor all the time. Uh, I, you know, there probably is some health impact there just by not having patient experience. Uh, but that is interesting that, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I'd always, it's always that famous story of the, the guy who had an adverse uh, event at a hospital, but he really just complained about the food. And right. you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that sort of, um, you know, one of the things that I, I find interesting about this discussion, John, is, you know, if we look sort of down the road a little bit, um, one of the things I really hope that we see is actually less focus on the technologies uh, of, around consumerism, although those are nice, don't get me wrong. But I think equally, we need to kind of bring back some of the humanity into healthcare. I mean, this is something that uh, Jason Wolf over at the Bell Institute talks about all the time. But, you know, just simple things like addressing patients by their first name, looking them in the eye when you're talking to them, right? Explaining why there are four people uh, in the room in addition to the doc and who and why those four people are there. Those things don't require technology, but those definitely have an impact on the experience. And, and to me, that is related uh, or equally important uh, in terms of addressing this wave of consumerism that we're in in healthcare. See, as I look, uh, that's an interesting point, but as I look forward, I'm more interested to see, and there's a lot of people talking about all these big companies going after the consumer. And I'm talking about the Amazon launching their own clinics and Apple has their own clinics and Google, who knows what they'll end up doing. And Microsoft, and, you know, Chase is doing it together with uh, Berkshire Hathaway and Amazon as well. And, you know, like they're all coming after it. And obviously Walmart's launching its own clinics and CVS already has Minute Clinic and Walgreens has the clinics. And you look at that and you say, OK, what's on the horizon for consumers? We're going to have a lot more choice. But I actually think it's going to be much more complicated than what it is today. Today, or at least maybe even 10 years ago, if you needed to go to the doctor, who'd you go to? You'd go to your PCP. Right. Now, if I need to go to the doctor, my daughter has an issue with her finger literally right now. And we said, okay, do I go to the quick care? Do I go to the convenient care? Which I didn't know there was a difference between convenient <laughs> care versus quick care, but there is. Do I go to the ER? Do I go to the CVS? Do I go to the Walgreens? Now do I go to Walmart? Do I go <laughs> to my own clinic if I'm working at Amazon? Do I go to the ED? Do I go to my PCP? And of course she's a child, so I can also go to the pediatric <laughs> doctor. And now I have to go and I say, man, or, or hey, let me throw one more in. I could go on the portal and ask the nurse about it as well, right? And right. so now I'm like, okay, is this consumerism? That's a, that's a scary, hard future. You know, it's nice because I have choice, but it's also scary because now I'm like, oh, what what's the best option? And, you know, I'm more educated than most on the healthcare system. I can't imagine someone who doesn't know about that. Uh, you know, it just it, it's, it's a challenging thing. And then you look at that, okay, push that forward. Is Amazon and Walmarts and, and those of the world, are they going to eat the consumer experience? 
and our healthcare organizations going to just become uh, basically procedure-based organizations that will operate on you or cut, you know, like or provide dialysis services, those types of things, because all of the easy consumer-related stuff is eaten by these consumer companies. That's an interesting future to consider. No, and you're right. I think, but you know, in some way, the increased choice also means increased competition. And as soon as you have increased competition, that's where I think things like ratings and online reviews and opinions of other uh, consumers or other patients now start to matter more. In, in a weird way, I think in the in the world that we came from, where uh, you know where there's you know really only had a, a few choices, limiting choices, uh, you know you you kind of had to put up with it. I, I think now, yes, you do. Are, you are faced with a plethora of choices, which can be daunting. And how do you even know which one to go to and which one's even better? But if you go far enough, I think at some point we will have maybe not a standard rating system, but at least one where you can go, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the one that offers the online booking or the one that offers me a better check-in experience or has the nicer playroom for my son, you know, when he's there and, you know, those will make a little bit of the difference and allow for you to, to make those choices. So I definitely see that on the horizon. What, what's not as clear, I think that we've been talking about is what are those levers? Like what are the things that are going to make that difference? And is it so, is it so unique that like the hotel industry where, you know, Hey, you may stay at a hotel with pools because that's what you're into. And the fact that one hotel has a pool and one doesn't makes a difference for you, but for another person it has no difference whatsoever, right? Like, is that yep. the world we're heading for in terms of healthcare? Well, and healthcare is so sporadic and episodic for most of us that I wonder if we're going to need someone like a care navigator or, you know, telemedicine is going to essentially become a triage slash care navigator for us that can say, okay, you know, here's your situation. You do need to see a doctor and here's the three choices and here's the one we suggest. So could there be an entire company dedicated to trying to navigate us through it? I've seen a few people working on this with uh, usually with chronic patients, usually from the employer side, uh, but I could see an explosion of those types of services because quite frankly, my family's healthy. I don't want to keep up with all that. I don't want to know which option it is, but I would love to go to someone who does. <laughs> you know, it'll be funny that if uh, in this world of choice that we have to hire or, uh, people and organizations to help us narrow those choices, right? It's a sort of a weird dichotomy that way. Yeah, uh, and that person will have to balance leaving you empowered to make a choice, but making recommendations that are, are uh, useful and encouraging you to go the right direction. Yeah, it'll definitely be fun. Well, definitely a fun conversation today, John. So. Thank you to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at our website, healthcareittoday.com, or on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lane. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.